0: I'm Dave Tussing, and you're listening to George Fox Talks Leadership. Alex, super, super excited to have you here today. Um, I'm going to tell everybody the real bio about you in a minute, but I'll start with just a simple one. I've known you a little over 10 years uh, first met you and you started whooping me in the gym, <laughs> getting me into shape and having a good time. And I learned a lot about you along the way. Um, your character showed up just in every moment I was with you, really. And I could tell, like, there's something different about this guy. Um, you, you motivated people. You motivated me. We had fun along the way. And it's been awesome to see what you've been doing all, all along after that. And you still do. But the more I learned about you, I was like, wow, this guy really making an impact and what an interesting background so thank you for joining us today man
1: dave man thank you so much for having me um and when he says whooping i want to make sure everybody knows not in basketball or anything like that is you know training yeah so yeah to do a lot of training at nike and um you know i just always want to be um, a source of inspiration yeah Um, you know, it's one thing to be motivating, but it's another thing to be inspirational. And I think inspiration lasts a little bit longer than motivation. Absolutely. And so, um, and yeah, 10 years, that's a long time. It's
0: it's been a long time, man. (laughs) I will read this bio because I think it's important for everybody to understand your background, what you've been through, how you've grown and what you're doing now, because it's impressive. Um, You were drafted first round in the NFL back in 1996, 11th overall. That's, That's notable right there. (laughs) Played eight years with a bunch of different teams, um, Saints, Chargers, and Lions, uh, just battling against some of the best athletes on the earth. And uh, that is definitely how I experienced you, just helping me get stronger and better every day too. You do that to everybody around you. Um, You had some injuries, stinks, you know, some adversity in that way. You had to retire because of that game you loved in 2006. Um, But what you're doing now is awesome, leveraging all that background and, and kind of, influencing people to become their best and so you just recently released a book ultimate playbook for high achievers i'm excited to talk about that a little today Mm -hmm. um you are a successful podcast host i'm sure i'll be learning some things from you today (laughs) um you're a public speaker um, development uh, leadership coach you have the focus on just strengthening individuals helping them understand themselves which is a lot of what, what we're talking about on this podcast And really using, you have a leadership blueprint, which is exciting to hear about today, to help people um, and executives and organizations just learn how to be their best, be leaders, um, and really be set up for long-term success. So that's all what we're about on this podcast, too. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we can just jump into it unless there's anything you want to add to that. No, no, that's it. (laughs) All right, man. You did it all. (laughs) So, you know, when I was thinking about this... um, you went pro and kind of what was your motivation in life? Obviously you were working hard, like to get to that level, uh, you had to have a certain drive and motivation and leadership approach, but maybe it's changed over the years. But I'd love to hear just like, how'd you get into it?
1: Yeah. Like what motivated you? You know, it, it's funny, like my, my story is a little bit different than other, I guess, professional athletes where I didn't get started. I didn't play like organized football until eighth grade and so most kids you know they start in fourth or even fifth grade mm-hmm. and i didn't i didn't start like that like matter of fact i didn't even watch football on tv mm-hmm. cuz my dad was in a in the you know he was in the military he was a drill sergeant and we you know we lived in germany oklahoma we lived all over the place and we i just you know my dad never watched football i never watched sports mm-hmm. and so but i love you know being an athlete and being outside and running around and competing and whatnot. And I kind of picked up the game of football just by watching, you know, my friends and whatnot. And it was one day that we were playing and the kids started to, to pick out, I guess, their characters or who they were. And it was like, Hey, I'm, I'm Terry Bradshaw. No, I'm Lynn Swan. I'm Walter Payton. And I was who? who are these people, you know, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? And, but I didn't say it. I was embarrassed sure. and I was just like, you know, I didn't know. So I ended up, man, going back, start doing research. And for for me, like we didn't have the internet back mm-hmm. in the early yep. 80s. Right? Yep. So, but we did have a set of encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. And so I just looked under F for football and I looked at it and I got a really a foundational uh, kind of principles of the game. Mm. And I learned the different positions, the different, um, you know, how they line up, what their jobs were. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of, you know, really used that as my playbook. Mm-hmm. And it was at the foundational level. right? And so I kind of learned that and, you know, start to, um, you know, play. And I just loved the whole competition of it. And I was just kind of got inspired when I, when I got inspired, you know, to start working out by watching a movie, hmm. and that movie was Rocky Three. Oh
0: yeah, it's classic. Well, come on now! Yeah. Right? I mean, that's totally. Rocky Three <laughs>
1: with Clubber Lang and I know Sylvester Stallone and playing Rocky, and but I just I I, I love like everything about that. Like you can turn yourself into somebody else, mm-hmm. like a better version of it. Yeah, and that kind of got me. You know, diving into like training, and then um, it just kind of took off from there. Mm. You know, but it, it started from you know being inspired. Yeah, and I think you know we all can, you know, be inspired. I, I look to be inspired every day. Yeah, I do look to inspire others. Yeah, but I want to be inspired every day. Right, and it comes from conversations. It comes from you know seeing things. Yep, and like overcoming adversity. Yep. So I mean, I love it.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you had a lot of that overcoming adversity and uh you know clearly you were inspired to get to that level again college ball playing on the Ducks um, but but challenged along the way so kind of like what kept you fired up during that time was it the comp- competition piece of it wanted to wanted to win was it the team piece of it and kind of what did you learn along that way about yourself I think
1: you know there's a is a couple of different things you know the competition part of course but I think you know for me it's like I get a chance to hit people <laughs> and not
0: get in trouble. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, I I I yep.
1: yeah. And I, you know, I get a chance to to be able to um yeah, just, you know, lay in the lay the folks. And I was a pretty um I wanna say like laid back I guess for the most part, but then like in my life I start to kind of see things in our family. Hmm. You know, particularly with my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. You know, they, um, you know, my dad, both of them alcoholics, mm. and they were fights. Yep. Not just verbal, but physical. Sure. And what I saw with furniture being turned over, you mm-hmm. know, the next morning, blood on the on the mm-hmm. carpet yeah. or the floor or whatever, it just it, it made me feel like very angry. Yeah. And I was, and I was young. I was you Know middle school age, sure. and I, I couldn't do anything about that. And, um, you know, I have a twin brother, and um, it just uh, you know, I couldn't take it out on him, right? You know, all this stuff that I was feeling, right? But I found out about football, and I was like, man, I can, you know, this is a good place, yeah, it's a good place to you know, yeah. to let it all out, sure. And, um, so, so that kind of started, you know, I, I get to, you know, I get to hit people, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and. But then I started, because a lot of the time I played with just rage. Sure. But then I started to learn the game and how you have to think. Yep. And it can't just be about, you know, being so physical. You got to be able to think. Absolutely. And, you know, start to learn more and more about the game. And then, you know, went to University of Oregon, got a scholarship. Um, And I was delayed. You know, my football IQ wasn't that high. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of turned myself into a learner. Right. And, you know, just like anything else, I look to, to people who had, you know, who's, who has had success. Mm-hmm. Coaches, that's one thing, but to be able to, you know, to watch and lean and listen to others who have had, the, you know, the type of success that I wanted is I, I really, I became a really good listener. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I really became a great listener and really a student of the game.
0: Yep. I was going to say that. And um, that's been a lot of my experience with you over the years in the gym too there's more than just what you're doing it's it's the thinking it's the going deep preparation that you put into things um, that helps set you apart from, mm-hmm. from a lot of other folks I mean to get to that level you've got to put that in being an elite athlete there's the physical dimension but what we see and hear now and you were doing too the mental part of the game is just as important maybe more so absolutely it's you know
1: and I happen to, to coach high school football, I coach at Westland and and uh, here in, here in Portland, but a lot of it and, and, you know I talk to to you know athletes who who work with me is being strong, being fast, being quick that that can take you only so far. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is you have to be able to understand what a team is trying to do. You have to understand their strengths and their weaknesses as well as your strengths. In your weaknesses, mm-hmm. and then outside of all that, you have to be emotionally intelligent. Right. A lot of times we get in different spaces where we just let our emotions take over, and we get it confused as thinking, where it's not. Right, it's that that's not thinking. That's being an emotional you know, type of player. And sometimes it causes you to kind of black, black out, <laughs> Right. you know? Yeah. And it's like, you don't know, you always want to be in control of your emotions. You want to use them to kind of get things kickstarted mm-hmm. sometimes, but, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be under control. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to think. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you were on the Ducks and then getting into the NFL, you know, um, where were you learning a lot about yourself in that aspect of the mental game and thinking? And, and how did that start to... To unleash like new aspects of yourself and your potential.
1: I think um I don't think it really happened <laughs> in college. I mean, in college I had a um, a severe knee injury mm. and it really it really slowed things down for me. And it really made me think of myself as not just a football player. Mm. And because that was just like football or bust. Sure, yeah. And then with this you know, this new reality hit me. I was like, oh, well, well, football might not be there for me. And for an instant, I thought it was over. Mm. You know, I was, you know, knee reconstructive knee. Oh man. I thought that that was it. I would never be the same. Right. When really, that was a moment that God put in front of me to be able to slow, slow things down, Mm. make me understand like, look, he is in control. Mm. And, you know, I, So I had to kind of really rely on other like trainers and whatnot Mm -hmm. to kind of get me right. So I had to listen to them. Mm -hmm. I had to really believe in what they, you know, their knowledge Mm -hmm. to get me where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And it took time. But when I did come back, I was stronger from a physical standpoint, from an emotional standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, w- I would not be able to have, made the, the, have done the things in my life if it wasn't for this perceived pitfall right. or this injury. Right. Without this injury, I don't think we would be sitting here right, right. now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I mean, we get adversities all the time, and then how we decide to uh, go through them can, can be transformative or very destructive if people let it destroy them but um there's a book i've read called the obstacle is a way i don't know if you've heard that before i have not it's pretty good um uh, and it's about that sort of thing we're all presented with these challenges or, or obstacles that we've got to get over or through some people just let it block their way and say you know i can't do anything about it that obstacle is there i'm done whatever mm-hmm. um you know, could have been with your knee. Oh man, it's over. What now? And it's like, no, this is, you took that time and that opportunity to figure out how to get through it. You grew a heck of a lot. It sounds like, and came out way better on the other side of it. But that thing could have just been a blocking obstacle for you. Absolutely. And so that's just a, you know, a testament to your character. And I think that's where we all have opportunities every day, practically where there's obstacles. It's our mindset. Are we going to use this as a chance to get stronger or just an excuse to, to be stopped up?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and for the most part, like, um, you know, I, I played the blame game. Mm. I, I blamed the guy who did it to me. Mm-hmm. And really, when I looked at it, when I looked at the film, mm-hmm. you know, because it happened in the bowl game my redshirt freshman year, and, mm-hmm. and when I looked at it, I was like, well, that was my fault. Mm. So it taught me also to take accountability mm. for everything, Sure, for everything that happens to us in our lives is taking accountability for it,
2: hmm.
1: whether it's your fault or if, even if it's sure. not, like owning it. Yeah. And then you can, now, once you own it, you shape the narrative. Right. You get to control it. Yep. And in, Instead of just sweeping underneath the rug or blaming it, pointing it right. to other people. Right. Um, so, you know, I kind of use that as a driving force, you know, for me, hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. going into the, you know, getting a chance to to, to get drafted. And, yeah. And, and and play in the NFL and you know uh, there was one point I tell you when when I was uh, I was drafted and it was dream come true yeah of like course being on TV <laughs> yeah walking up getting the jersey I mean it's one thing to 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 get drafted or sure. play in the NFL but my dream has always been no I want to be drafted in the first round yep. I want to go up there get my jersey take a picture. With the commissioner. Yeah, man. And that all happened. And, you know, it was, it was, of course, just hard work. It was sacrifice. Mm-hmm. There was the, like, I knew that it was going to be a lonely road. Mm-hmm. I learned that a long time ago mm-hmm. because, you know, I wanted to work out a lot. And I wanted to work out, you know, in, talking about in high school, mm-hmm. I, when it's inconvenient. Oh, Yeah. I didn't want to be there working out when everybody's out there and the sun is shining mm-hmm. and there's pretty girls out there. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. No, I wanted to work out when it was snowing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when it was raining, when it was midnight or early in the morning. And it, it, it really forced me early on that the type of success that I wanted to have, it was going to be a lonely road. Mm-hmm. But I knew at the end it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. And it was. Mm-hmm. And being drafted in, Getting the money and the fame and all the notoriety, all that kind of came to a head when um, we just finished with training camp, and we our, our training camp was in Wisconsin. And then when I when we came back to New Orleans, um, I went out. My you know my my buddies on the team told me, "Hey, you need to you know you need to buy a house." You gotta I said, oh, "Okay, I did all that. Yeah, did all that like within like two days. Sure. Now I got to furnish it." I don't know anything about furniture. What are we talking about? I was, a, I, was a high school, I was a college student like a couple of months ago. We had, you know, futons. We Yeah. So they pointed me in a direction to go downtown, this very expensive, um, you know, furniture store and got all these custom couches and uh, uh, window coverings. And,
0: Sounds and, real nice. And, oh, it's yeah. beautiful,
1: dude. <laughs> And I'm embarrassed to say this, but (laughs) I I spent $75,000 on furnishing my house. (laughs) And the thing about it is I picked all these things out. And then a couple of days later, they said, hey, Alex, give us the key. You go to practice and you come back, your house would be laid. I did that. I came in the front door, unlocked it, and they gave me a tour of my house. (laughs) (laughs) And it was beautiful. It was like a museum. Mm. It was, oh. And, you know, I told them thank you, wrote them the check. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then I remember, like, you know, sitting on my bed and I was like, man. You made it. I've made it. (laughs) I got a Mercedes-Benz SL500. Yeah. White peanut butter interior sitting in my garage. I got money in the bank. I you know, paid for my brother, he got a brand new Jeep, mm. paid for the rest of his school. My mom's house, got her a car, and I'm sitting there. And about two minutes later, I felt lonely. Mm. And it was the loneliest I've ever felt in my life. Mm. And there was one point when I hurt my knee, mm-hmm and i turned on the tv and i was man, i was watching some um uh, spiritual channel i can't remember sure. exactly who was on there but it was like man he's talking directly to me wow about changing my life mm. and it was like a whisper like god was whispering mm. and you know t- whispering follow me sure come with me i have something better mm. and it was a whisper mm-hmm. and it lasted for a couple of days when I was in the hospital.
2: Sure.
1: But at this time in my life, when I reached like what I thought was the pinnacle, at that point, God was yelling at me. Hmm. I have something better for you.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm thinking like, this is the, this is it. (laughs) Right. And I felt so lonely. I felt like this is not what I expected it to be. Sure, Right. And I started, you know, a couple of, uh, months after that is, you know, I, I gave my, my life to the Lord. That's awesome. And, um, you know, just like what people say, like, you know, it wasn't easy. No, it wasn't an easy path. Like I was hit with temptation and, um, you know, there was struggle early on, but, um, it was, it was the best thing that ever happened to me.
0: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, you also somewhere along the way, I think got married and started a family too, And so there was a lot to balance probably with all that stuff going on. NFL, you know, spouse, family. um, How did kind of your faith play into that and help you kind of think through your priorities in life and kind of what your bigger purpose and impact was, you know, in the the opportunities each day, but then thinking ahead?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, my... I still didn't know what my purpose was sure but at,
0: at that it takes point in time, a long time sometimes oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> at
1: that point in time my purpose was playing football Crush
0: it yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. of
1: course be a beast. yeah be a beast on the field <clears throat> yep um but you know thank goodness my wife she's uh you know she was raised in the church mm. i wasn't mm-hmm. i was the only time we went to church was when we was back in detroit with my grandparents mm. with my grandma and yep. grammy yeah and that's when we went to church baptist church with the organ and the music and I was, you know, I was younger. I didn't, sure. That was that was church to mm-hmm. me. And there was really no kind of real, real conversations on what, you know, God has in, in store for me, what the sure. plan was. So, um, you know, but thank goodness, like we would have, you know, talks. Yep. And she would kind of, you know, we made a decision early on, we're going to raise our children in the church, mm-hmm. you know, on principles that God had laid out for us. And... You know, I started. You know, so, so so that was the biggest thing. Like our relationship, our marriage, and and what she kind of you know taught me about you know my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It just it just started to kind of build. Mm-hmm. And and there was struggle that came um, on the field.
0: Yeah, I was. I mean, yeah, there was
1: definitely you know struggle on the field and with you know the guys in that culture. Of course, playing professional sports. Yep, how. You know one of the things that really kind of like i don't know if i want to if this is for me because sure. those same guys that was uh going to bible study like the next day we were at the strip clubs yeah different yeah you know it's and like, this is before i got married yeah you know, yeah i yeah. married my my second year but sure you know my my rookie year yeah i was like okay yeah Bible's okay what's this okay right and learning and man start to change my life but then i'm I'm at the strip club. Yeah. With damn near half the team. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And it's just kinda like, wow, that's not I don't feel right about right. that. This so feels was,
0: like a big conflict
1: kind I of did, internally a big conflict there. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't aligned mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I felt a certain way and mm-hmm. it wasn't good. Yeah. So I started to kind of change the relationships that I had. Sure. And knew that, you know, I was built for something better. Mm. And
0: um, it's really hard, you know, when you're in any culture um, and if you've got a a faith background like yourself or myself, um, how do you stay true to your values and beliefs uh, in that culture when you might be one of the only ones there can be real hard sometimes, but that can help deepen your character. And I think a lot of what kind of shows up in your book, too, and and you started to talk about like understanding your beliefs, your values, thinking about your alignment and all that type of stuff. You know, we can be a witness with our lives to people and we don't have to ram anything down their throat with words or ideas. It's just like, oh, man, Alex is different. What's going on with that guy? That's a different type of leadership.
1: And that's what I wanted to be like. I wanted I was never a raw, raw guy. Mm -hmm. I was a person who on the football field, man, actions. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. I was about the
1: actions. Yeah. You can talk a lot, you can
0: talk a lot, but like, can you do it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, talking that that's one thing, man, actions. And so I just kind of took that same approach. It's like, you know, my actions can be able to start to, you know, be my testimony. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I remember going through like a a part on the the field where football wasn't all that fun Mm. because, you know, my fourth year, uh, we had Mike Dicka, mm-hmm. so yep. Iron Mike Dicker, yep. Yep. who taught me a lot in leadership. Yeah, I'm sure. Not all positive, sure. Because we can learn, right? Absolutely. We can learn how to be better people by people that we see that are maybe in a leadership yep. position. Yep. That man, it's like, oh, I don't like how that yeah. is is going. <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, and to be perfectly, you know, transparent. I learned how to be a great father mm-hmm. by watching my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad was not the best mm-hmm. in terms of being a father. Sure. And it wasn't his fault. Right. His dad passed away when he was young, mm-hmm. uh, 11 years old. Oh, wow. So he didn't really know how, right. how that whole thing worked. Yep. And, but I learned that he didn't give me all the love and sure. the, the hugs yeah. and the, the affirmation, son, I love you. Mm-hmm but I knew he loved me. Right. But I learned how to go about doing that when I became a dad. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we can learn different ways Yep. how to, you know, run our lives Yep. by not just the positive influences, Absolutely. but also some of the not so positive yeah. influence. Yep. So, you know, yep. with, but anyway, with, with Dicka, I was in a doghouse,
2: mm-hmm. and,
1: <laughs> uh, you know i was at a point where um i was i was not playing this no i wasn't playing at all mm-hmm. even though i was like the highest paid player hmm. at my position mm-hmm. in secondary i wasn't be, i wasn't playing
2: hmm.
1: and there was a, a coach who was um you know he was a christian mm-hmm. and he he knew the struggle i was going on sure. he knew that it wasn't fair and whatnot and he gave me scripture hmm. and he talked about Paul being shipwrecked on the island of Malta hmm. and he said that him being shipwrecked it was he was only supposed to be there for three months mm-hmm. and he happened and he was there for three years wow yeah. it was a desolate desolate place and he was uh, he just he told me about that, and then he gave me a tape, a TD Jakes tape, <laughs> on that scripture, huh. and I remember my first time listening to it, and I was driving to work. I had to pull over mm. because it hit my heart, sure. and I was in tears, like like coming down. Mm. I couldn't drive anymore. I mm-hmm. had to pull over mm-hmm. because I was going through that. That was it. Yeah. That was it. It's like, I'm only supposed to be here. This isn't fair. This isn't, but that strengthened my faith so much, Dave, mm. that I continually share that story Yeah, 20 years later. Yeah. amazing. And it's something that has really strengthened my, my faith going through that, during that time.
2: Yeah.
1: And mm. you know, we all have it in us. Yep. We all have that You know, it was a relationship that I had with that coach that he saw the struggle that was going on. Mm -hmm. And I saw how he lived his life Mm -hmm. and how he would share scripture with with me. And he wasn't banging it on me. He wasn't yelling, repent, repent. Like you see when you go to any type of sporting event, it was how he lived his life. And he shared that that moment yeah. with me and he shared that time with me and it helped me out tremendously. And come to find out, like at the end of that season, so many of my teammates, because mm-hmm. I approached that a different way. Right. I, I approached it like the whole Ben Simmons, Yeah, you know, like I'm going to go against this. I'm not going to pouting and go, and I started to do that. But then once that hit me, With that coach, and he started. He gave me scripture and told me how. Man, I stopped playing for Mike Ditka, and I started uh, playing for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh man! So every every practice, Mm -hmm. because I wasn't playing the games. Sure, but every practice that was my sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Like I was playing for Jesus. Mm -hmm. I was practicing. And so every time I stepped on a field, I went 100%. Mm-hmm. And that, I didn't know this at the time, but later on that year, guys was was inspired by the way I approached the practices. Sure,
0: yeah, makes total sense. So how
1: we live our life, we might not know it, yeah. but there's always somebody watching.
0: Yeah, absolutely, uh, it's a it, funny little quote it, uh triggered my mind is like a Steve Prefontaine quote about like, Give your best so you don't sacrifice the gift you've been given. And you have a, have a big gift, talent, you know, your life, your faith. Um, but give your best to, to use it to glorify God, to make a difference in the world around you. Um, those are all, all things that I think demonstrate just personal leadership. And a lot of what, you know, you're kind of talking about is just really figuring yourself out so then you can, you know, it's in your book, get yourself aligned, like start living it. Um, start making some adjustments so it happens. And then that's the foundation of leadership that then you can, you know, share with others and, and start making an influence and an impact in the world. It's hard to do a whole lot of that if your inside is like just totally all over the place. Absolutely. And and so you, you know, just through these trials and challenges, you could have gone one way and said, forget it, or I'm gonna be upset and not really got yourself your inside house in order. And I mean, the influence and impact you're making on so many people now, and I'm sure when you were playing the game, that exact example you just gave, that started to be like, wow, what's up with Alex? He's really, he's really making something different go on here. Yeah. And um, so maybe, you know, you could talk some more about uh, NFL, but I've also, I think we're at a point that's like, let's hear about your book, man. Because a lot of these things are just coming to a head and um, your simple, you know, assignment, alignment, adjustment concepts in your book aligning your words, action, and values to your foundation. Like, tell me more.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, it starts with this th- this uh, interaction I had with um, like the best coach I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. And his name is Willie Shaw. He was with the Saints my second year. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, he has the accolades. He's been uh, a coach in the NFL for more than 20 years. He's had... Plenty of success. He's ma- he's helped players at my position make it to the Pro Bowl, and so you yeah. make it to the Pro Bowl, right. you get bigger contracts, right? right. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, you know, my first time meeting him, I was like, man, Willie really Shaw, and, <laughs> and but I only had him for one year, hmm. but the impact that he that he had on me is the principles he took football and in, in the game that I love. Yep and he broke it down, he simplified it. And it, it, it happened when it was our first uh, mini camp. So for my listeners, mini camp in the NFL, um, you come together on a weekend, and you start to, uh, you know, you start to, to um, you have two practices on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday, and then they, you're back off to wherever you, you know, came from. And so our first mini camp was in April and he didn't say a whole bunch. You know, he didn't say a whole bunch. He just watched us practice. He gave us, you know, introduced himself and he kind of watched us practice. And after practice, he said, uh, 825. That was my number, right? 25. A 825, come over here for a second. And, you know, I was walking off the field and, oh, Willie, Willie called me. <laughs> oh yeah. I, you know, I, I ran over there to him. Yeah, coach. He said, uh, 25, you want to play a long time in this league? And for me, it's like to play a long time, because the average career is three and a half years. So to play a long time, that means you have to have success. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to play a long time. It's <laughs> yeah, simple, yeah, right? Yeah. No brainer. He said, okay, you got you to gotta master these three things, And, you know, if I would have had a pad and pencil, if I would have had, like, any type of, to take notes, I would have had it right there. He said, you need to understand these three things, assignment, alignment, and adjustment. And I was like, what?
2: That's (laughs) it? What are you talking about?
1: That's the secret? I was (laughs) expecting, like, this man, this, oh, you know, this is three (laughs) things, like, something complicated. No, it's just assignment, alignment, and adjustment. And I was confused. And he said, your assignment, you didn't know your job all the way through. You didn't know your job.
2: Hmm.
1: There was some plays you did, but there's other times you didn't. I was like, oh. And then he said, you want to be really good? You got to know the jobs, the assignments of everybody else who can affect you.
2: Hmm.
1: Everybody on the defense. From the defensive linemen to the linebackers to the safeties, I play corner. Yep. All of them, how they do their job can affect you and how you do your job. Yeah. You need to know their responsibilities. Okay, check your alignment. You're, you, half the time, you were also misaligned. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you were eight yards off when you're supposed to be nine. Sometimes you were 2 yards off when you're supposed to be 5. Sometimes you were inside when you're supposed to be outside. You have to be aligned correctly mm-hmm. all the time, no matter how you feel. Because a lot of time I feel confident. Sure. Said, yeah. No matter how you feel, you need to be
0: aligned. Sure. Okay, check. And then You can feel good and oh, be in the wrong spot. <laughs> exactly.
1: And then the last part is adjustments. Alex, this is not Pee-wee football, this is not high school football. Every snap, there's going to be some type of motion, some type of audible, some type of check. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready before these things happen. Mm-hmm. You need to have the what if mm-hmm. in, your, in your brain. Yep. What if this guy goes in motion? What if they check? So he, he said those three things, and I was like, okay, so that just kind of you know for me, it gave me three simple concepts that I can start to apply mm-hmm. to my game. Mm-hmm. And if I start to do these things, man, I can have success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, they started to come. The game is super fast, like <laughs> the NFL. Interf- it's super fast, and my son is kind of going through it now. I have yeah. a son. His name is Elijah, and he's a rookie. Yeah and I told him this a long time ago, like each level, right, each level of success,
2: yeah.
1: it's going to be fast at first. And so he's going through it right now. The game is really fast. yeah. But once you, you know, you, you start to understand, you know, at the foundational level, mm-hmm. the game can slow down for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, along with preparation, right? Yeah. And so those three things gave me success on mm-hmm. the football field. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, figured that, Man, that gave me, you know, when I stepped away from the game, and those three things really helped me Mm -hmm. prolong my career. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was stuck, when I finished playing, and, you know, playing that game for as long as I did, I played eight years. And when I finished, I I stepped away. I I wanted to keep playing, of course. But but injuries and whatnot, it wasn't in the cards. And there was a time where I was stuck, even though I had millions, millions in the bank, mm-hmm. car, house, family, mm-hmm. health. I was still like, like man, I don't know what what's next. Mm-hmm. And um, I started to, you know, kind of like man, started to go down this path of, of, um, you know not feeling all that great, mm-hmm. you know, depression. Mm-hmm. You know, you're doing something at 12 years old, 13, and now I'm 32, 33, mm-hmm. and now it's no longer there for me. Right. You know, and um, so kind of went down this path of depression and end up getting, you know, a neighbor of mine in, in San Diego, um, you know, reached out to me. She was the CEO of this nonprofit, and she asked me if I can... You know, come and, you know, do a little work, just, to, you know, part-time. And I was yeah. like, yeah, anything, do something. Yeah. And so I thought, okay, this is pretty cool. And um, we ended up moving up to Portland mm-hmm. um, about nine months later, moved up here. And then once again, I was like, man, I'm
2: stuck. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what brings me joy. What. Right. And I ended up going on a job interview. I had this interview. I, you know, went online and um, found this position at a non-profit. Nonprofit seemed pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And got a job interview. And, you know, went there. And um, basically, it was at this point where, like, you know, my life changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Had this job interview. And, you know, went there and, you know, the lady who was interviewing me, her name is Mrs. Tulane, started asking me questions about the you know, about the um the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I did a little bit of research, yep. you know, and she started asking me a little bit deeper questions about the nonprofit, like, you know, what what their purpose is, you know, who do they serve. I knew all those things. Just sure. start, you know, diving a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Man, I, I don't know. I didn't I didn't dive enough deep right. enough. And she started asking me questions about myself, mm. surface level mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. and then it dove deeper.
2: Mm.
1: Alex. What is your, what is your game plan? What is your purpose? Mm. What is your passion? And I felt like a, like a, a fourth grader, Mm. like my daughter, she's in fourth grade. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. And, you know, it was a a time in the interview about 15, 20 minutes where she said, "Uh, Alex, I'm going to stop you right there. You're not going to get this job. I'm going to tell you that right now, Mm -hmm. sweetie. You're not going to get this job. But I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. Before you go on any more job interviews, you need to understand exactly who you are. Hmm. Wow. And that hit me, Dave. Man, that hit me. Big interview. Yeah. (laughs) Not what you expected. (laughs) Not what I expected. And she got up, You know, walked me to the front door, and... You know, say, good luck, Alex. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was humiliating. Mm. I've been cut before being in the NFL, right? I've been released. And, you know, it's embarrassing when you go to the the general manager and he tells you to hand in your book, Mm. you know, we have a flight for you anywhere you need to go. Your services are no longer here. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And then two security guards, walk you down to the locker room and then they give you a black plastic bag, trash bag to bag up all your stuff, all your belongings. And then they walk you out of the Mm. facility Mm -hmm. and and close the door. And that's, that's humiliating for them to be walking through that, going through that. And this is, you know, I always laugh when we on, on interviews, you know, this is family, right. right? On, On, on different, uh, professional sports team. This right. is family. Right. That's not a family. Yeah. I don't kick my kids out no. of our house. Right. If they, if they do something wrong. Right. Totally. Right. So, that that moment in time, I would much rather me getting cut mm-hmm. than to ever have to go through a point where somebody says, "You don't know who you are." No doubt. Yeah. I went to my my car, that SL five hundred. Mm-hmm the white one mm-hmm. with the rims and mm-hmm. the peanut butter interior, went in there and cried my eyes out. Yeah. Like deep. Yeah. Like That's banging a, my hands on the steering wheel. Totally. And that changed my life.
0: Game-changing moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So obviously you went a really good direction from there, but that was a pretty deep spot. Deep spot, man. For a while. Yeah. Um, who kind of came along beside you and helped you with that? Like, you know, what did you, what did you do to... Obviously, you had a lot of good good background in different things to get through that, but like, that's tough. How did you? Who who gave you some support during that time?
1: Um, yeah. Well, you know, my, my family, my wife. Yeah. You know, helping me kind of like, kind of you know go through that and start asking myself questions mm-hmm. and what I wanted to do mm-hmm. with my life. Mm-hmm. What 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 drove me? What gave me passion? Mm-hmm. So I really, really had to deal, dive down deep. Mm-hmm. And I was stuck, mm-hmm. but then I really started to. It took me time to yeah. like realize, like, man, hold on, let me just look. Yeah, what gave me success on something on a platform that I loved and enjoyed? Okay, football.
0: Yeah,
1: what gave me success? And what? Oh, assignment, alignment, yeah. adjustment. Yeah. How can I apply those three things, those principles, to my life? off the field and for me it was like okay what understanding what is what's my assignment
0: Mm -hmm. I think when we had talked before you were saying kind of wish you had had some of those thoughts earlier in your life because it would have got you maybe even to a different spot but doesn't matter but I think my point with that is it's a good set of things for people to think through at any point in their life but the Earlier, the better. I wish I had started earlier too. Than the last few years, when I really have started to get into this myself. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, it's <laughs> it's just like it hits us at different moments. Absolutely. For yep. me, it was yep. like I was in my I
1: was in my thirties and and um, really you know going through this and really thinking about it, and now seeing what it's done for my life, mm-hmm. Dave. Every morning, I ask myself these three things. I I wear a bracelet.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Assignment alignment and adjustment nice and you know for me it was like okay what's my what's my alignment Mm -hmm. you know and and, you know i kind of like interchange it it can it's not you know always alignment assignment adjustment but for me what's my alignment what do i align myself with Mm -hmm. and i had to really ask myself questions right and for me it was like okay my alignment if i look at it being honest. What's my alignment? Mm-hmm. Is it my faith? Is it my family?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is it my career? Mm-hmm. My health? What What do I align my What's my my foundation? Yep. And at the point in time, it was my it was my career. It was my family. Then it was my faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I started to look at, it, I said, "Man, that's not what the Bible says." Mm-hmm the Bible says it should be my faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And my faith tells you that you should put your family mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. but it starts with my faith. Mm-hmm. So I started to put my life, I started to really create actionable steps yep. to put my faith, and put my family, and then career.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And once I started to find these three, these three, three things out, and you know, at the time I was like, okay, I want to be a trainer. I want yeah. to I want to because I had a uh, an impact in my life when I tore up my knee. Yep. There was a, a trainer yep. that really helped me become the athlete that God intended me to be. Mm-hmm. And so I want to have that same impact on on others' lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, first it was for for athletes, right. you know, like high school right. type athletes. And I was like, Man, I think I want to do this dip at a bigger scale. Yeah. So I found out about Nike. Yeah. So started at Nike and I can be able to have like, you know, this type of impact. But mm-hmm. um, my career at Nike took off. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to travel the world mm-hmm. on Nike's dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a, being a video game. Yeah. I was in a, I, I, was got, in a I video got that game, man. Like, I got, got a signed copy You know it. what I'm saying? <laughs> like, man, I started to do these things, but it started with having my faith first. Yeah. And my career started to take off. And, you know, of course my, you know, but the, the relationship with my family, yep. with my kids, how I parented them and mm-hmm. how I approached, you know, me and my wife's, our, our marriage, mm-hmm. like everything started just flourish.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I had to ask those deep questions, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's my alignment? And then my assignment, like what, what is, what do I want to do? What type of impact do I want to, to have? Mm-hmm. And for them, for you know, I asked those questions. I wanted to, like I said, I wanted to be a trainer and I want to have this type of impact. And I was having a great impact on making people better people. I mm-hmm. mean, better athletes, yep. more fit yep. and whatnot. Yep. But then the deeper conversations I've had yourself yep. and, and others and the things that I was able to share with them, first looking at my life, man, and I started to listen to them and they're giving me feedback like, man, I'm helping them become better people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, Mm -hmm. the effect that I was able to have. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, man, I started to kind of change. And I started to, um, people at Nike, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I started to find out about what I did in my previous life, right? Being a professional athlete. Oh, Alex, you need to come talk to my team. You need to come talk to. So I was doing those different things, Mm -hmm. you know, for free. I was just, you know, I was just telling stories, though. I wasn't connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. And I finally got myself a coach, mm-hmm. a speaker, coach, leadership coach, and and he helped me understand like what influence is, what leadership right. is, and leadership is influence. Yep. And I, I, you know, I want to talk about that in a little bit. Yep. But, um, but I started to kind of adjust myself, my character, right. to what I wanted to achieve.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, it, it's one thing to look in the mirror. Yep. You know, Sometimes you don't see. Right. The same things that other people see. Yeah. yeah, And so you have to adjust different relationships. Right. And I started to do that. Things that weren't benefiting me mm-hmm. in the way to myself, you know, I want, I want people in my life that, that will tell me the truth.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and to help me become a better Alex mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of keeping me, keeping me at the same level mm-hmm. yeah. or taking me away.
0: Right. You know. Yeah. So you know, many good concepts in there that I've uh, worked on myself over the years, you know, kind of leading yourself first, how could you really hope to help somebody else grow, particularly on that internal side? I mean, you could, you know, think in business terms, you're thinking in, in athletic performance terms, you can help person get a new PR, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're going to feel good or be able to sustain that too well. It's holistic leadership and a holistic, you know, approach to being your best. And so that's where you've really added on the extra dimension, not just the physical performance, but the kind of whole heart in it. Um, And then teaching and developing others to do that, too. I mean, that's amazing leadership, not just, you know, look at me. It's not about that at all. It's like, how can I help you? How can I help all of us, you know, be our best and be better together together? And that really is making a huge difference. So I just think it's so cool, but it had to start inside. I think a lot of people skip that step yes. and focus just on le- like the bench press PR and like, that's all they care about. It's like, it's a little hollow and a little one-dimensional.
1: Instead of asking questions like, why?
0: Right. Why? It's always about yeah. how, but why? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's <laughs> where I like to start. Yeah. Right, starting why? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, you know, I, th- I think for me, like, once I started to kind of go down that route, it's like helping people become better people. So I started to, you know, my voice, use my voice mm-hmm. and my speaking. Mm-hmm. And I really started to become, you know, I want to become more serious, like mm-hmm. a professional.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I got help. Yeah. You know, I, I understand that you can't do it just you know, by yourself. I understand right. the importance of coaching Yeah, I had it in, in my previous career. Right. I couldn't know where I can be able to have the type of success without a coach, somebody who's asking me these tough questions. Right, that was one thing Willie Shaw really did. He asked a lot of questions. He didn't always give us the answer. Sure, he forced us to kind of yeah know, dive deep and right. you know. And I think for me, like understanding leadership, um, you had to under, you have to understand it at the granular level. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same concept for me for football, right? Reading. Uh, uh, encyclopedia, is. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing with leadership. Right. So you got to boil it down. Yep. yep. Leadership, when, when, it's, when you boil it all the way down, it's influence. Yep. So now what are the influencers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I start to learn these things. Like how you communicate is an influencer. Yep. How you, your, your knowledge is an influencer. Intuition, like how you make people feel is the influencer. Your relationships is the influencer. Your ability. And so ability, especially in um sports, mm-hmm. that's number one. For sure. Is <laughs> number one. Like how, how fast are you? Yeah. How, how many plays can you make? How many? Right. And we get blinded in the sports world by just ability. Right. Where one of the biggest influencers for me is character. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that that travels like a, like a good defense, yeah, and a good running game in right. football right. that travels well. Mm-hmm. Character, so you know, for me being a dad of eight,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right, like character trumps. That's number one for me, sure. and I want the same type of character that I've, that in in my faith, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That right there, I want that. Those things and mm-hmm. how I parent my kids. Mm-hmm. Yes, I care about how well you do in school. Mm-hmm. Yes, I care about your sports and you having success that you know you want those dreams. But that won't always be there. I'm a perfect example.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like football, I'm not gonna play. No. I mean, there's only a few Tom Brady's in the world. <laughs> right. Actually, one. There's only one Tom <laughs> right. Brady. And that's not gonna be there for very no, long. No. So character is huge. Right. And when you boil that down, it's it's who you are. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, understanding what influence is mm-hmm. and how do you use it mm-hmm. to create things that you want or make things that you
2: want—that's
1: mm-hmm. what I share now right. with with my book, my podcast. Yep. Um, you know, any interaction that I come into, I want to help people. You know, become better influencers. Yeah. Better. Um, right. You know, better better leaders.
0: Yeah. And when you talk about leader, uh, leadership, do you have like a particular role in mind? Like, is it only for some people or like who, who can be a leader? You know,
1: you know, that's (laughs) a great question, Dave. And the thing is, we all are leaders, Mm -hmm. even if there's one person who follows you. Mm -hmm. Even if there's one person, Mm -hmm. maybe that one person is you. Sure. Right. So we all our leaders. We have the potential of, mm-hmm. of leading. Not all of us have the character
2: mm. of leading. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Some of us we are unintentional on mm-hmm. how we lead. Mm-hmm. Being um, in different environments where um, you know you do not so good things. Mm-hmm. There's other people who are who are influenced by your platform. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. you are. They are influenced by how cool you are. Mm-hmm. That's a platform. Yeah, and you can be leading them down the wrong path.
0: Right, yeah. High high responsibility of leadership. That's right, uh, for sure. And maybe along that line, I mean, some people think of leaders being the person at the top of the team or whatever. Um, based on you know, I think both the, how we th- how we view it, that's not the case. Um, that is a type of leadership in a particular role. But I think, you know, people should really just it's back to the why, like, what do you want to accomplish? Like, why are you here? What sort of impact do you want to have on the world? And then for some people, that is taking on leadership roles in the more traditional sense of teams, helping people grow, accomplish business results or win as a team like that's a type of leadership. But in every there's people who are leaders that are serving at the you know, shelter down the street, that's amazing leadership, you mm-hmm. know, the way they show up every day and help people. So I think people put leadership in a box a lot of times to say, this is what leadership is. That's what I did early in my days too. It's like, all right, the person who's the president of that company, or that's the leadership. Everybody else is just doing stuff. That's absolutely wrong. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And, and so we have to understand there's like, there's positional leadership, right. right? You being a father, that's a big time position yep. of leadership. Um, having a boss or being a boss mm-hmm. that's a position
2: mm-hmm.
1: of leadership mm-hmm. right my dad was in a position of leadership and i was going to do whatever he said mm-hmm. now the the level of you know i'm not going to run through a brick wall sure. for my dad right All right he's in a position of leadership i'll do everything i'm going to run through a brick wall
2: mm-hmm.
1: now coach shaw the relational so there's a difference positional yep. relationship yep. or uh, uh, positional leadership and relational leadership yep. so the relation that he made from his position right because leadership those connections those relationships should be from the top down
2: mm-hmm.
1: because if I try to create that relationship with the coach or with some, it's not going to be the same right right it'd be from the top down
2: mm-hmm.
1: so I would run through a brick wall Even if he called me today, I would do it for him. Sure. Because of what he shared with me. Mm. Right. And Mm -hmm. the the connection that he made, Mm -hmm. him sharing different uh, pitfalls, different um, failures that he's had Mm -hmm. along the way. He opened up, he became vulnerable. Yeah. That created a relationship. So we have to understand these things. If we want to try to be a, a, a great leader, right. You can't just talk about your success, which is another influencer. Sure, of course. But not, every, not everybody not everybody, um, has or knows how to deal with success. Sure. Most of us, it's failure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's very true. Um, we've talked about a lot of good concepts. I think sometimes it's hard for people to know kind of like, what do I do with this? You know, where do I start? I think the thing I really, uh, a lot of things, but one thing I like about the book is just simple concepts like what is my assignment? Do I even know? Like that's a place to start. If I do know, then like the alignment, like just walking through those aspects of figuring it out for people, Uh, maybe talk a little about how somebody who doesn't know these where to start could begin in just like super basic terms, you know? Yeah,
1: I I think it starts with just asking questions. Actually, I've um, I've become better at asking myself questions. Mm -hmm. Questions like, man, you know, what do I want to get out of this relationship mm-hmm. what do I want to get out of this this my podcast mm-hmm. what do I want to get out of this podcast today yeah, right and I can answer those things yep I want like these these um, brief conversations to be able to show or teach somebody that they can do it yep Absolutely. Right? so so you know understanding leadership and influence it can help you make better decisions. That's, that's huge for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can kind of help guide you in like, man, what, what do I want to get out of this, this time that I have here on earth? Mm-hmm. What do I want to get out of it? And as we, I understand what I want to do. I want to, and for some people it might be different. Yeah. For me at the, the, the base level, when you're talking about like assignment for me, I want to help people. Yep. I want to help people become better people. Yep. And um, you know, I know with, with leadership and what I know is I can help people become also worse. Sure. Because I understand right. it, right, it's both, yeah. it's both yeah. levels. Yeah. But so you know, I share my, my, what I know, I, I look at people's character first. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, yeah.
0: I think, tell me if, if this uh, sounds right, but I imagine it gives a lot of peace like, okay, this is what I'm here to do. And you can, and it's a great way to kind of prioritize where you're spending your time and energy, investing your you know, talent and resource um, that a lot of people don't have if they haven't done that introspection. And so- you know, twenty years ago, to Alex probably would not be as at peace internally as today. Alex,
1: absolutely, not. <laughs> absolutely. And and the biggest thing, you know, the biggest thing, like for me, is like man, character. That's that's huge, yeah. right? But also relationships. Yeah. Like I'm very, very thoughtful mm-hmm. when it comes to the relationships that I have, and it's sure. you know closer ones than other ones. Yeah. But but I'm very um, intentional. Yeah. With the relationships, yeah. yeah, the relationships that I keep and the relationships that I I create, and ones that I gotta break. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, well, that's that adjustment
0: that. piece maybe sometimes too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Things, things got to change sometimes. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, yeah. And, and the more that people get to know me, character wise, th- those those relationships that might need to be broken, they see how I live my life. Yeah, and like yeah, naturally You should invite Alex. Sure. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> totally.
0: No, I hear you. Well, this has been awesome, man. Um, if, if somebody kind of wants to to find out more or follow you more, how should they do that? You know, buy the book. I, I like the book. Listen to the podcast. I do that too. Um, but what else, you know, what else could, you know, resources leave behind for people?
1: Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate that. Um, the, the easiest way is just go to my website, yeah. alexmolden.com. It has, you know, my my uh, my podcast on there. And that's easy. It's the Shark Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's on, on all, uh, platforms. Um, but it has my, you know, way how to buy my book and find out more about it. I mean, it's on Amazon, but if you go to my website, you can, you know, buy it there and I can autograph it and send it to you. So, um, but yeah, everything is alexmolden.com and, you know, I got some, you know, some great things on the horizon. I'm building out a um, a leadership course.
0: Awesome! Yeah, I saw that.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, building that out, and you know, just kind of sharing sharing what I know. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like Nike, yeah. right? Where my really deal, what I want to do is be able to help athletes become better athletes. Yep. And what Nike says is, we're ath- athletes is athletes with the asterisk. Yeah. Like if you have a body, then you're an athlete. Exactly. We're yeah. all athletes. Yep. And so I want to, you know, kind of use my voice to share um, the different things in my life, you know, the the, the ups and downs.
2: Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. That, We all have them. <laughs> yeah,
1: that can hopefully help people understand influence yeah. and help them, um, you know, make better decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Alex, thank you so much. This has just been awesome. And I've learned a lot, as I always have from you. So thank you.
1: Oh, man, thank you very much for having me.
0: Big thanks to George Fox Digital for producing this podcast. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to the George Fox Talks podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you stream from. And if you want to dig in more to this stuff or see what else George Fox community is talking about, check out georgefox.edu forward slash talks or by searching on YouTube for George Fox Talks.